This is for the free thinkers, the curious beings that swim upstream, who see possibilities, not problems, that learn from the past, live by the present, and create the future. This is the I Love Ugly Audio Show. Welcome to the I Love Ugly Audio Show. I'm Valenti Nozic, creative director and founder of I Love Ugly. On this episode, we sit down with New Zealand-based UFC fighter Dan Hooker, aka The Hangman. We discuss why he ended up getting into the MMA scene, the highs and lows he experiences in between fights, the intense training regimes, and how he zones in on fight day. I want to be honest, this is one of my most favorite episodes, and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this just the way I did. Enjoy. Damn, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. I know you're a busy dude, training for your big fight coming up in October. Um, yeah, so just, yeah, thanks again for taking out the time today. Just one thing I want to ask you, your, your nickname, Hangman, how did that come from, like, how did that come about? Yeah, well, I was just like, early on in my career, I was like finishing a lot of submissions. Uh, yeah. Just grab the neck, finish them up, get them out quick. Yeah. So yeah, kind of, kind of stuck, uh, yeah. the Hangman. Yeah. But, uh, it's also not that easy to find something that, that rhymes with hooker that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah. originally I thought, like, when I first discovered you, I thought hooker was, like, that was your nickname. That was the fight name. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the oh, it was, a, it was a pretty good fighter name as is. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan Hooker. They're the worst yeah. fight names. Yeah, it's got a good <laughs> ring to it, man. It's memorable. And is, uh, is like, how important do you think, like, nicknames or aliases or uh and fighting because you see a lot of fighters and people know them by their nicknames rather yeah. than their real, real name yeah i think it's kind of getting um a bit more phased out yeah with the sport like yeah. it was like a huge part of it um back in the day <coughs> part of your character you know like chuck the ice man liddell and it was like everything was super individualistic where they would um they would like design a character yeah. behind that similar to like WWE style, yeah. like wrestling, where everyone has like a character. Yeah. But now with like the UFC and the Reebok deal and like on our uniforms, it just has like our country and our name. So they're making it more like a, a national pride thing and, yeah. and just your name and keeping it like super plain. So yeah. they're trying more to, I think, just like phase out the yeah, nickname yeah. part of it, which yeah. is cool, but it's kind of a bit like... Uh, yeah. It's kind of part of fighting. Yeah, so I absolutely. think it'll, it might take like a very long time yeah. to phase that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, ho- hopefully yours sticks around there. Eh? <laughs> oh, I keep think it's stuck, man. Yeah, yeah. Keep hanging, <laughs> I think man. It's stuck. Yeah, and then how? So how long have you been fighting for? Because um, it's obviously just from you know a non-fighter's perspective, it's a fascinating sport, mm-hmm. and it's um, yeah. So how long you've been doing it? And you know, just take me back, take us back from how you got into it. Yeah, I was played sport all, all through growing up and then like are, finished, are you from Auckland yep yeah from, from Auckland which part um I went to Mount Albert oh, I cool. grew up in Mount Roskill oh cool yeah kind of around there um yeah 10 years ago so I was 18 or more than 10 years ago yeah it's pretty quick yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah I was like just an 18 year old kid then young and dumb and I went along and watched one of my mates fight and he like knocked this guy out in like 20 seconds it's the first time I ever seen been to a, a fight show yeah and my mate knocked this guy's head off in like 20 seconds, crowd Damn. erupted. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, like the feeling of that. Yeah. I was just like, whoa, I want that feeling. And I knew like, I was like, well, I'm never going to knock anyone out. Yeah. Like, but just to get in there and fight and, and entertain the crowd like that and feel that same feeling that I felt then. Yeah. Like, so when I, I just followed him to the gym um, that following week, 
showed up at the gym and kind of just never looked back. Like, yeah. So when I first went to the gym, I was like, I want to, I want that feeling. Like yeah. I want to fight and I want to win. Like yeah. I don't want to come here to, <laughs> yeah, as a hobby and, and see how things go. Like I want to fight and I want to win. So I think yeah. that like fast tracked my, um, my start in the sport. Wow. But um, it was only a few months later. I just turned 19 and I had my first professional MMA fight. So I was Damn. just jumped so in the deep end, man. So you must, but you must have had, someone must have identified talent in you. Yeah, you so I had, I had my coach, um, John Olsen. Uh, he's a guy I was training with from the very start. And yeah, yeah he must have seen something in me. Yeah. Like, uh, it was funny, I had like six or seven, eight fights. I just thought I sucked. Yeah. Because he would, all I would do is like train with him and just get mashed yeah. train off him and he would just beat me up yeah so i was like i train off one person yeah and i can't do anything to him yeah, like, yeah. i suck like my yeah. rap and then i would go into fights and i would beat people and i would submit them and i would damn do all this yeah. stuff yeah. <laughs> and i was thinking maybe it didn't suck that bad like yeah. maybe my coach is just like super good but yeah it took like a long time damn <laughs> and then like that first fight just were you were you nervous must have been pretty nerve-wracking first fight you know Oh, you're like, you're, you're, if I legitimately knew what I was getting in for, I'm sure I would be nervous. Yeah. But I was just, um, I was just super unaware, like yeah. just young and dumb and, yeah. and just got thrown in and yeah. I just didn't have enough time to get nervous. Yeah. I just went in there like super hyped up yeah. and I just, I remember I was like, just had the adrenaline rush going, Damn. just the bell went, yeah. ran at the guy. Yeah. Like, I just stormed across. Damn. <laughs> like, I was so full of tension, man. Yeah. It went my way the first one, my first fight. Um, I won by a submission in, like, I think it was 40 seconds or yeah. under a minute. And you just got a taste? You got a taste for it? Oh, that first one, then nothing like it. Yeah, you know, I that's bet, like man. Like your, that's your first hit. That's your yeah. first rush. Like, it just drives you crazy, man. Yeah. Like you always want to chase that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're, you're after your first one. You're on cloud nine for yeah. for a solid couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, you know the next one lasts a week. The next one. You yeah. Know, like, and then, <laughs> yeah. Then you need to uh, like bigger accomplishments. Yeah. Sorry. You need like bigger accomplishments to get that same rush. You yeah. can't keep you know winning on the local scene. Yeah, yeah, of course. You keep doing that, and then you just don't get the same adrenaline rush. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just doesn't. So now you need to be the champion of this and, and the champion of Australia. So yeah. you're, you're always just like chasing that, yeah. the, those accomplishments. Yeah, and at that point when you had your fight, were you like, and you won, were you like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a career out of this at that point? Like what were you doing at the time in your life anyway, job um, Yeah, I was just studying at the time. Like, what, what were you studying? Uh, yeah, I studied like a, a bunch of different things and I was just, always had like a super practical mindset. So yeah. I, I <coughs> I first signed up to like a property course. Yeah. I was like, I want to get into property. I want to learn this. And then I went and did that. And I was like, no, nah, this is not, this is not, this is just, you're just training me for a job. Yeah. I want to run, I want to run it. I don't yeah. want to just work in a job. For sure. And then I went and did um, business, did the first year of business. But same thing. I was like, this is training me to work for someone behind a mm. desk. Yeah. I signed up to business because I want to learn how to run a business. Yeah, like, yeah. This, is Absolutely. Not, this is not teaching me it, but yeah. you learn through age. Like yeah. if you want to do something, you just have to go. Oh and yeah, definitely, You just have to man. jump in and do yeah. it. Like, you, want to, yeah. you want to learn how to run a business, you just yeah. start running a business. <laughs> Fair. Couldn't agree <laughs> more, man. It out. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, nah, cool. And then, um, so you kind of, oh yeah, so you did that, you got a taste for it, um, you're, you're, you're doing a bit of studying stuff, and then was there, because you, you struck me as a dude that's, you know, you're obviously super driven, you know, you got a taste from your mate, uh, watching your mate, you know, the adrenaline from that, and then you wanted to, uh, you wanted to give it a crack and pursue a career of this, and I read somewhere that you like to get outside of your comfort zone, because you know that's where the growth zone is. Mm. And I think there was somewhere where you trained in, I think it was offshore, maybe Thailand or China. And the reason you did it was because you wanted to get into, into a zone where you were uncomfortable. And then what, is that something that's kind of part of your DNA a little bit, like doing things that make you uncomfortable because you know that's what, what's gonna make you grow? Yeah, like they're, they're challenging. Like I love being uncomfortable. The, the like, thing I live by is like get comfortable being uncomfortable, yeah, like I'm super, com- I'm super comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. It's like I will sign myself up to things and like agree to things yeah. because I don't want to do it. Like yeah. I will yeah, yeah. and I will do it because it makes me feel uncomfortable. And you get that same feeling as in a fight where you, you when you're doing something you're not comfortable, it makes you feel alive. Mm. Like I hate being comfortable. I get so like I get bored very easily when I'm. And I almost like start driving myself crazy yeah. when I'm when I'm comfortable or when I feel like safe. So I keep putting myself in like dangerous situations, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you feel alive, and it makes you feel sharp, and yeah. it makes you feel like super alert. So yeah, I'm always I'm always gonna do that. That'll mm. be you know not just with fighting, not just with for now, but for the rest. That's just I think like a personality trait, mm. which yeah. I think you just develop over time. It's not like you're you're born with that. You just find that that challenges you and that inspires you mm. um, being challenged. Mm. And you found that, did you fight, so you found that pretty early on, like when you were 19 and you started, did you have that feeling then? I like, think you more know it um, like unwittingly, it's not, not uh, yeah, it's not like a conscious thing. Yeah. It's not a conscious thing. Yeah. Um, but now, probably just in the later years, like I've become more aware of it and more conscious of it. Mm. And that allows you to kind of harness it more. Absolutely. When it's a bit wild, when you're yeah. just young, you're just like, get your fight done and then yeah. you go and relax and yeah. hide away and, and yeah. do all of this. But, and then you get unhappy again. And it's like a, early on, and I see it the same with my young fighters now, it's like a vicious cycle when they, they do everything into their fight camp and it's super high and they work yeah. super hard and they get really fit. And after their fight, like nothing. Yeah. Get fat and sit on the couch. <laughs> and then same thing, like that is, and it's yeah. just like a vicious cycle. Yeah. Whereas now I'm aware of it. Now I've like harnessed it even post fight. I don't try and run away from everything and, yeah. and run away from training and run away from the next fight and yeah. run away from all your obligations. I like to just keep it going, keep it going, keep yeah. it going. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And do you teach that to your, your young fighters just about what you're just saying now, like harnessing it, maintaining it, you're not, not shying away from it. Do you teach them that as well? Because that's, that's a, I think that's a hugely, hugely impactful kind of philosophy on life that can help you achieve in pretty much anything you can do, if you, you can you learn try. to harness it. You try yeah. to like, you yeah. tell them, do this, this is the easy way. Yeah. I know because I've done every mistake in the sport <laughs> yeah. humanly imaginable. Yeah. They'll go and do it and they'll come back and they'll say, no, nah, you're all right, coach. I shouldn't yeah. have done that. <laughs> so, yeah. They'll, they'll learn, they'll learn yeah. through time. Yeah. And what do you think makes a great teacher? Because you're going, because obviously you're still coached, you're still active in the sport and now you're teaching 
you know, young guys or probably guys older than you too about the sport? Like, what do you think makes a great leader? Yeah, that's difficult. That's a difficult question because I, you know, I think I have like a lot of knowledge and I've always been like super aware and, and even though I'm, I, I consider myself like very untalented in the sport. Like yeah. I'm not even close yeah. to probably one of the most successful guys, but super unathletic, super yeah. untalented. Really? But that yeah. is, um, that just shows all the other stuff that's important, you know, mm. all the work ethic and mm. all the technique. And I would, you know, going and learning from someone, I like to learn for myself and, and, so if I'm taking things from fighters, if I see like an unathletic guy or like an untalented guy doing super well, mm. well then I want to learn how that guy did it because mm. that's gonna he's gonna have the, the um, he's gonna have the special secret and the and the source and his technique is right. Mm. If you go and watch, you know, it's young fighters go and do it. They go and watch like Yo Romero, like the yeah. super athlete pull yeah. off this amazing technique and then they try and pull it off yeah. and i'm like thinking you're not <laughs> you don't yeah. have the same physical attributes yeah if you're talented and you follow this untalented guy's path and he was successful mm. imagine how you're gonna do with that same technique mm. if you have the talent and then you do the hard work and follow the technique of someone who was untalented mate you're gonna be far more successful than trying to copycat someone that's physically gifted mm. you try and copycat them and you're less physically gifted well then you're only going to be less successful than them mm. so yeah i always try and pick off you know people oh i don't want to watch that fighter you know he's not very good he's, yeah. he's a bit of a bump he's a world champion it's like a michael bisman he's a he's a world champion but he's not like the most talented guy yeah he's not like the most athletic guy in the sport but he's a world champion yeah. he didn't get to that yeah. by mistake kind of absolutely thing. man and it's all those things you do in private you know that um that you practice in private that you get rewarded for in public and mm. it's what we were saying before this conversation it's um you know there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind closed doors the stress the headaches you know the discipline the you know not eating the popcorn at the movies or whatever <laughs> you know but all that stuff you know and people don't see it and that's what does make the champion so and where does like for you man like where does the you, you know you touched on work ethic before where does that come from? Like, do you think, it, is it a learned thing? Do you have it naturally? Like, where does your, where does your work ethic come from? It's like, it's been a natural, natural progression. So it's, um, it's whatever you're exposed to, you're gonna, um, you're either gonna sink or swim to that, to that level. And at mine, I've been, I've been lucky that, you know, I just went and saw my friend, when I first got into the sport, I just went and saw my friend at a local show it was like a hundred people and so that's that's all I wanted to do so mm. my first goal in the sport was to fight in this local show with a hundred people and then I seen a bigger show yeah and then I went and fought on that one and yeah. then I seen that there were shows in Australia so yeah. I traveled and I fought on that one so I've always had like a just a natural progression and the same thing with like my training partners you know we would train three days a week then four days a week then I would see guys training twice a day and I was yeah. like and I have to Damn. train twice a day. Yeah. And I saw the intensity pick up. They're training twice a day, but they're training harder. So then you always like elevate yourself to mm. that level. I think the mistake that a lot of the young fighters are making these days is, you know, they watch, um, they watch UFC and they watch, you know, uh, like Israel, 
knocking people out in the UFC and they're like, oh, wow, yeah. I want to do that. I want to be world champion at UFC. Yeah. They show up to a gym and they're like, oh, that's too much work. Yeah, they right. do a couple of sessions and they're yeah. like, that's, that's unattainable. Yeah. So my, game, my goals have always been super attainable. It's just like a local show. You know, if I train for a year, yeah. I can accomplish this goal. Yeah. You could train 20 years to be UFC world champion and yeah. it's still going to be, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's still a, a super difficult task. So I would always say like, just naturally, naturally progress things over time. And mm. like with, uh, you were saying with the work ethic, it's just a natural progression. You can't go from learning the sport to training like a professional seven days a week, twice a day, three mm. times a day. Your body will fall apart. Mm. Your body just like naturally calcifies and you get used to it. You get used to it. Just a slow progression. One mm. day a week, two days a week, three days a week, mm. four days a week, five days a week, two mm. sessions a day. Like it's build a, the habit. Naturally yeah. builds it. Naturally builds it. And it's the same thing with people ask, you know, where'd you get your toughness from? You're born tough. Nah, mm. like the sport, consistency in the sport makes you tough. Mm. You're not like born tough or not. Like yeah. consistency in the sport, you know, it's not one occasion that makes you tough. It's it's every battle, every day to show up in the morning session and then to show up again at night. Yeah, man. And then the next yeah. morning. And then, you know, it's that consistency. You just slowly grain yeah. of salt every day. You yeah. just get you just get naturally tougher and naturally tougher. Yeah. And it's just yeah consistency yeah absolutely man and that's so true for everything in life right mm. um and in goals so obviously goals you're a goal oriented person um are you constantly so you said you said you set attainable goals what's a what's an attainable goal for you nowadays it must be fuck, you know hugely apart from what it was say, even 10 years ago yeah um i never like you were saying um you asked me before you know, did you ever think you'd be a, make a living out of this? Mm. I never thought this would be um, a way to make money mm. or a way to make a living because it wasn't at the time. When I was doing this, there was no one from New Zealand making a living from MMA. So yeah. I could hardly like go to my family and be like, it's going to be an <laughs> yeah. MMA fighter. Yeah, They'll yeah. ask, well, who else is doing that? I'll have to say, well, I reckon I'll be the first one ever. Yeah. But <laughs> like, there, was no, there was no career yeah um in the sport that that long ago and then when i seen guys like um jamie tahuna get signed to the ufc and i was like he's from new zealand mm. and i seen mark hunt get signed to the ufc i was mm. like he's from new zealand mm. and that like monkey see monkey do i seen the connection yeah and i was at the stage in my career where i'd had um, 15 fights and then i i saw it was a possibility so then i i pursued it as a possibility then yeah. but yeah i never intended to make any money out yeah. of the sport yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just um it's just so i think that's another key to success is i accepted like a long time ago that this is my passion this is what i want to do over money yeah um and i've just been blessed with how everything's turned out and and the growth in the ufc and the expansion into the australian yeah. and new zealand market and yeah. it's just yeah i'm oh, blessed with all of that yeah oh definitely man and you got to you got to kind of tell yourself, remind yourself that yeah, you are blessed, right? Because obviously you did put in the hard work. You created your own luck. You know, mm. you created the man you are today through just, you know, constant perseverance. But at the same time, you know, you're blessed because mm. shit could have gone wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. like uh, a lot of my training partners in the 
they the same situations and they're they're equally as skilled as me they're equally as talented as me but you know on those uh you know end of a knife fights where it might have gone my way you know they went the other guy's way in True. their fights yeah and now you know they're they're working full-time jobs True. while yeah. training and and that could have been me in the exact same position yeah like, that's just the nature of the sport like yeah. you, you wow. go in there every single time and you flip a coin yeah and that's not because i'm any more talented that's not because i'm any better yeah it's just like those those teeter-totter moments you know mm. i was just lucky enough that that they went my way so mm. the, yeah there's a small you know percentage of it comes down to, yeah. to chance as well yeah yeah i agree man it's pretty cool and humbling that you actually admit that as well a lot of people don't but i'm i'm a believer in it as well you know we still have we still need a little bit of grace yeah you know from whatever whatever you believe in um because yeah shit can go wrong you know you could go we could go out and get hit by a car or whatever you know so yeah. no, that's 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 awesome man and then in terms of like because obviously it's such a such a high adrenaline sport um it must consume you your whole physiology and also your you know just your mind as well like how do you how do you relax from that because obviously you know you've got you've got your family now um and your daughter but how do you you know how do you just kind of like just clear the mind like do you do you meditate? Do you any do any form of meditation, or like how do you do that? Yeah, that's that's a very good question, and and I get asked that a lot. Like how do how do you wind down from that? How do you you know do you meditate? Do you do this? That is my meditation. Yeah. Like when I go to training, and I go to sparring, and I'll you know me and my friends beat each other up for a yeah. good hour, good hour and a half. Yeah. I'm at no more peace with myself. Then after that, huh, I can carry on the rest of my day yeah. with a smile on my face. You know, if you if you told me, you know, tomorrow, so I didn't have a fight, but if you told me tomorrow, like, oh, here's a plane ticket for you and your family, uh, you can go sit on a beach for the next two weeks. I'd yeah. just be like, oh, oh, boring. How am I gonna train in yeah. the? How am I gonna train in the yeah, beach? Yeah. Like, and I would just be sitting there like yeah. super agitated. That yeah. I was just sitting on a beach doing nothing and getting fat. Like, yeah. hey, it's just not how I find my peace. Yeah, I find my peace through fighting through yeah. through that engagement. Oh. Like, I am at no more peace than I am now. Yeah, just finished a hard session. Yeah. I got another hard session tonight. I yeah. got another hard session tomorrow morning. Yeah. Like there's no end to that. Yeah. Um, and then I have a fight in five weeks. Like yeah. I'm calm. I'm yeah. super at peace. They yeah. interview me fight week. I'm super happy. That's the happiest you're ever gonna see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cause I'm about to wow. get in there and compete with someone. Mm. Like it's, it's that moment is genuinely what I love to do. Mm. And, and the sport, the sport is how I find my balance. And it's how I find my peace mm. when I get injured and, and when I can't train and when I can't fight. There, I'm very agitated. And yeah. I'm not. Yeah. You ask my wife, like I'm not a happy camper when, yeah. when I can't go and train. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's oh, well. that's my meditation, man. Damn, man. That's uh. And do you think a lot of is that a bit of a retray or a, a lot of fighters like that? I think a lot of people they they know it unwittingly. Yeah. I think um, that aspect of it. Uh, you know, that's the passion of it. That's yeah. that's the love of it. And yeah. and there's no way 
that you can be successful in this without the passion and for without sure, the love for it. And anything, right? Anything. Yeah. So even like, you know, you got training tonight, tomorrow, it's grueling, it's, it's difficult, you're burning, but you still love it. Yeah, so you don't focus on that, you just focus on how much you love it. Or at the time, you must, you, at the time, you're like, man, this sucks. <laughs> but, you know, when you're just burning and... Like a bit of both, and then as soon as it, like, I've done the, I've gone around the merry-go-round so many, so many times now that I know that as soon as this is finished, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. I know as soon as it's um, October 7th, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to want another fight. Yeah. You know, so that, that allowed, you know, that, going around the mirror and I'm doing this before because yeah. when you first start doing it, you just get, you, you got your fight camp and then your, your fight at the end. You, you just want to get it over and done with. You're just like, oh, I just want to get these hard sessions out of the way and then get on to the next one and then, you know, I'll do this and then I'll get in the fight and then once that's finished, then I can relax. Yeah. And you would do that. Like yeah. you would get super tense, super nervous. And then after the fight, um, getting like a vicious unhealthy cycle <laughs> but now i'm in like a super healthy cycle where i know as soon as this fight finishes all i'm gonna want to do is train and, and get in another fight and you just do it like what's your risk period like after a fight obviously depending on the result oh, of it, right? me, i'm pretty bad like uh i took a week off from the last one but yeah. that's because i knew that i was going straight back in the fight camp so yeah i was like i can enjoy it this week completely yeah. off but generally, I'll um, I'll be at the gym probably Tuesday after. Yeah, <laughs> like right. I was. Yeah, I was not training, but I was. Uh, yeah, once I, as soon as I got back to New Zealand after my fight, I was teaching my class uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. I arrived back, um, flew back from Texas, got in Tuesday morning, and yeah, Tuesday night I was yeah. back teaching. That's amazing. It's just man. what I love to do, and, Bro, and it's yeah. where I'm comfortable, and it's where I'm at peace. Yeah. Well, if you can, if you can combine something that you love, you make a career out of, and it's also your form of meditation. It's amazing, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then I know this sounds, this sounds real stupid, bro, but I'm curious. Like, do you get, do you get scared before fights, or like, what? Tell me, just run me through what goes on through your mind, and how do you kind of manage that, and yeah, I don't just, like. Yeah, I don't like to you, tell. Do do? I don't like to tell my fighters. Or I don't like to tell people that. Like, I genuinely don't get nervous yeah. about the sport. Like, one of the biggest things that has, um, like, negatively impacted me in the sport is that I don't get nervous. Yeah. Like, I don't. Wow. So I've like walked into fights, and just been like, get hit a couple of times, get like into the fight. Yeah. Round one's finished, yeah. and I'm just like, that's right. I'm in a fist fight. <laughs> Need to wake up. Like, like yeah, it's, yeah. To me, it's like negatively impacted me in that you need nerves. You need yeah. nerves to do well. Almost as you, protection, right? You, yeah, yeah. It gets like your adrenaline. It makes you super alert. Like, uh, um, controlling your nerves makes you like yeah. super alert. So not enough nerves, and it's like I'm walking in there on a Sunday afternoon at the beach. Like I'm not yeah. where I need to be. I'm not yeah. like alert <laughs> enough. So me, I try and now I pick that up and, yeah. I, and I try to make myself a bit more nervous. So like it's like control it like a tap. I'm like, damn, this is a big deal. You need to, yeah. <laughs> you, need to you need to win this fight. Yeah. Like, you need to pay your mortgage. You need to do this. <laughs> like, so I try, and, I try and build it up now. But yeah, 
finding that balance and, and everyone's going to be different. Everyone's, you know, some people, some of my fighters get super nervous. So I spend the whole time just trying to relax them and Crazy. trying to calm them down. Yeah. So it comes down to the person. It comes down to the individual. Mm. But any young fighter, if you feel nerves, that that is good. That mm. is good. Wow. But now when I wake up on fight day, that's my favorite day. That's my favorite day. Damn. I feel warm inside. Yeah. I just sit in my I sit in the bed. Damn, man. <laughs> I sit in yeah. the bed and I feel warm inside and yeah. I just enjoy myself because I know I know that that day I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be in my, you know, just element. That's my yeah. element. That's what that's why I enjoy. I'm as soon as it's over, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. So I enjoy every second when I can. <laughs> That, bro, that's not the answer I expected. Eh? <laughs> I feel I'm gonna say, yeah, nervous and I'm shaking and yeah, yeah. Damn, that's uh, yeah, that's incredible, man. Cause I, I always wonder that, you know, like you yeah. kind of, you see the fighters and you try to read them, and obviously they're in their zone. But for you to mm. say that, I'm, yeah, I'll admit I'm surprised. Probably everyone will be surprised as well. <laughs> yeah, but that's crazy. Yes, yeah, so you are, you spend, you're actually trying to make yourself nervous so you're more alert and. Yeah, I could go in. I could go in. Like I have like a very good control over over myself and a very good control over my nerves. I can go in and feel no nerves at all. Damn. I've been able to do that because yeah, I thought yeah. everyone. That's what I early on in my career. I, I heard that from everyone else. Like you're, you know, you need to go in and, and relax your nerves and kill your nerves. And if you kill your nerves, like yeah. you're in like super control. Yeah. So I would just go into fights and just be like. Oh well, I'm not nervous. Like um, this is gonna make me do well. Yeah. And it just it had the ne- it had the complete opposite of effect. Damn. Where where I would have a very slow start, <laughs> get beaten up a lot in the yeah. first round because I wasn't nervous. And yeah. So when I when I what about always dr- performed well when I was really just really in the pressure situation. Where, yeah. Where I really had to win. Yeah. Is when when I perform at my best. And yeah. So now I become conscious of it that oh, it's because. I've put some pressure on myself yeah. and I've put some nerves huh. on myself. Like that's where I perform my yeah. best. That's, that's crazy, man. What about, what about adrenaline? Yeah, adrenaline is like a natural part well, what, of what it. What emotion do you experience in? Like, so obviously you're excited, you're calm. Adrenaline, adrenaline, yeah. like that, that's, a, um, that's a natural part of a fight yeah. and that has to be addressed and that has to be controlled. I yeah. see a lot of people do it. I'm very good at controlling um, the adrenaline of a fight, like the natural mm. adrenaline of a fight, because if you lose control of that adrenaline, um, you get what's called a, an adrenaline dump. Oh, well. Because you, say you drop someone in the fight, um, adrenaline skyrockets, you tense, your heart starts pumping a million miles an hour, your blood pressure shoots up. If you don't finish the fight, for a minute after that, like your, you know, the adrenaline makes you hold your breath and tense and True. use too much energy. Yeah. When you get an adrenaline dump, you become the most tired you've ever been in your life. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there like is no worse yeah. feeling where yeah. you're just that arms are the heaviest they've ever been. Yeah. So it's about uh, controlling that, controlling that adrenaline, and that's why when I hurt people in fights, like I'm very good at finishing, because I never let the, ad- the adrenaline skyrocket. Yeah. I just like control it. And slowly increase it slowly yeah. increase it to the level where where it needs to be but never so lose it's control a tool. of it yeah so you use it as a tool and yeah. you harness it and yeah, yeah wow that's uh that's incredible bro like just the the ability because adrenaline is also it's almost such a powerful 
emotion or whatever you dis- whatever you call it that majority of people just can't control it you know mm. that's why mm. they do stupid things when they when they do get that shot of adrenaline and for you to be able to really control that mm. you must have some like you know amazing mind control is that and is that is that practice like when you first like in the early days did <coughs> adrenaline kind of did it intoxicate you and you made stupid things or yeah so first fight it was just full full adrenaline yeah i just went out it was a nerves but i was just had let the adrenaline um take over me and it was just lucky that i finished the fight before i had a chance yeah, to, the dump. to dump yeah but then in the next fights i did the same thing where i just went full adrenaline and then i had the dump yeah and so i've been in there and <laughs> yeah I've, yeah i've experienced that you know in, in the second fight so you you that's when i learn that you need to control this this mm. needs to be harnessed mm. and it's just about you know when you do take your losses is being super honest with yourself about what went wrong a lot of people i watch even at like a ufc level they'll um they'll lose their fight and they'll be like oh it's because blame it on something stupid oh it's because the other guy grabbed the fence in the second round or something that's so minute and so mm. stupid and they put their loss like down to that where I'm like super honest with myself where I can be like I lost it because I didn't train <laughs> this hard enough yeah or I didn't my wrestling is crap yeah I need to go and wrestle every day yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a, I need to move country I need to get a wrestling coach and I need to wrestle every yeah. day. So I've always been um, super honest there, identifying those things and then um, and then just going out and, and making the changes I need mm. to make. Mm. That's, um, yeah, bro, that's, uh, that's amazing, eh? Just that self-awareness and also just admitting like, you know, I sucked at this wrestling or this or that. And did you, do you kind of know, like on a subconscious level, um, say leading up to a fight, whether or not you've say say for example like that fight against um, uh, not so not Edson Bar- Barboza the one before that. Um, Gilbert uh, Burns. Yeah, yeah, and like, did you did you do you kind of know like whether or not you're like shit? I should have probably gone a little bit harder, or I maybe overtrained, or do you do you feel like? If you lose a fight, something's a little bit off. You haven't kind of done gone a hundred, or it's hard. Like it's it's all about balance. It's hard. Um, it's hard leading into a fight and directly after a fight. It takes a lot of time to find to truly find what the mistake was because yeah. it's never just one thing. But to truly find what the mistake was because you block all of that out, the closer you get to the fight. Like yeah. if you got a sore knee and you missed two weeks of training and then you got a, you got sick a week out and things like that. Like, I will just pretend, like I can just block those things out and pretend they don't exist because when you're in the fight, you can't have those moments of hesitation where you're like, oh, I took two weeks off because my knee was sore and then I was sick for three days. And yeah. then like, that is irrelevant. I can have a broken arm on fight day and I'm gonna tell myself, I can convince myself that that it's gonna have no effect on the outcome. Well, yeah. And then so after a fight finishes, you don't like immediately just be like, oh, it was the knee. Yeah. You know, it was uh, two weeks off for the yeah. knee that caused that loss because I've blocked that out. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, you know, as a week goes and two weeks, a month, two months, 
you're just like, oh yeah, I probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't have gone into that fight with yeah. that, that injury or I probably should have done this a little different. Yeah. And then how much, how much do you think it is like, you know, on a scale, like on a percentage, do you think it like, what percentage of it do you think is mental? 90%, 80%? Because it sounds like from where you're explaining everything and your routines and rituals and the way you control yourself, it's just all mental. And as you said before, there's fighters that are more talented, bigger, stronger, faster than you, more experienced. But, you know, they're not in the octagon fighting. Mm. It's like, so how much of it do you think it is mindset? Yeah, this sport, most of it, this sport, most of it, because everything is mental. The training is mental, you know, it's, it's mentally draining. You need mental toughness to show up to training. If you're going to a, even to a, a weight session, you need to be mentally there and mentally present. A lot of people and a lot of fighters, they just go through the motions. They just think because they train at the, you know, with us, they train on the same mat as us, yeah. they're gonna get, if they're just there, <coughs> if their body is there, yeah. they're gonna get as good as us. Huh. But it's, uh, it's when you're at the training, being mentally present there as well to, to mm. absorb everything and to soak everything in. And that mental presence is more tiring than the physical presence. Mm. Just being there is easy. Just showing up on time and being present is easy. But showing up on time, being there and being mentally ready to absorb the information, mm. that, is, that is the difficult part mm. of the whole thing. So I would say damn near 100% of this thing yeah. is, uh, is mental. That's incredible, man. And is that what, uh, so Eugene, your coach Eugene, is that what, is he a big, is he big on that? Does he teach that to you guys? Or is that something that you've almost taught yourself? Yeah, because everyone's, everyone's so different. Everybody's personality type is is so varied and so different that what works for me is not going to work for someone else mm. if, if they approach if i tell them to approach the sport like i approach the sport but they're a super anxious person then it's not going to work my model is not going to work for yeah. them so it's it's just time in the sport and time in the gym and time training that you 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 know this sport allows you to find out that's why i know myself so well it's because I've gone in there and I've, there's nowhere to hide in there. You know, if, if you don't want to be there in the fight and the bell goes, like, that will be blatantly obvious. Mm. Yes, <laughs> really quickly. Really yeah. quickly, it'll be obvious, like, um, your personality traits. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no lying about anything. Mm. There's no lying about being a tough guy or anything like that. You're, you're going to find out mm. 100%. So I've used the sport to to find my personality out well, and, and to to better know myself. Yeah, and do you feel now since you've learned all these principles, you can carry that through into your, you know, life outside of the sport and succeed using the same thing? Because obviously you've started, so you've opened up your own gym, mm. so now you're a business owner. Um, are you applying a lot of what you've learned in the sport into that, like the kind of life principles and mindset stuff? Because obviously, you know, having a business owner is a bit of a, you know, that's a bit of a beast in its own, you know? That's a sport in its own. Yeah. Just all the moving parts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, you kind of learn that as you go, like the, you know, the sport allows you to be, you know, a, a well-balanced and a better balanced person because you find that out through time 
that you know being unbalanced is is not good for your um, longevity in the sport you know crash dieting and then eating everything that's not like yeah. that's not good for you yeah. and you 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 know so you learn throughout time that you know a well-balanced life you know you need your family time you need your gym time yeah you need your downtime you need your you know when you fight you need to focus on that like it's but it's just living a well-balanced life and of course when you apply that to everything you, you're going to be a lot more successful mm. um, in the long term which is the main thing you know uh, people just think about their 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 fight career mm. and and they think that that's like a very short period of time but thinking the long game like I've always thought the long game and that's something that my coach Eugene um, he says it's always about the long game mm. it's never about sacrificing your health for short-term games yeah for to win a couple of fights yeah we're not gonna train like this we're not gonna just if you were to train from someone from scratch as an example um, and you wanted them to win a fight in eight weeks and you weren't concerned about their health after yeah. you would just do super hard running hill yeah. sprints yeah. and just spar hard yeah. every day you yeah. would just spar hard every day you will wince you will beat the person in eight weeks that you know just learn technique 60 yeah. percent fitness 20 percent and then 20 percent controlled sparring mm -hmm. but in 10 years time the guy who does the hill sprints and the hard sparring he will be ruined mm. he'll have injuries he'll have you know probably depression from yeah. the amount of headshots he was taking yeah. compared with the other guy who was doing mainly technique a small percentage of light sparring controlled sparring you know and a and a percentage of fitness yeah. so it's in 10 years that guy will still be competing in the sport mm. and have accomplished a lot more mm. than the guy who was sparring hard so it's about the long game and it's about your longevity in the sport is far mm. more important than than uh winning the next fight mm. or a momentary game. Yeah, I agree, man. Like when people ask me about helping him to blah, 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 I'm just saying I j my number one thing is patience. You know, mm. and so long as you try to get better 1% every day, you know, and play the long term, that's going to compound mm. over 10 years, 20 years. But everybody just wants things in six months or eight weeks, you know. Yeah, yeah. They want to, you know, how do I, yeah, how they do wanna, I get my first fight? They want to blow up. Yeah, exactly, Everyone man. Everyone wants to blow up, but it's so incremental. Like, not one thing has ever made yeah. me successful. It's, yeah. it's everything. And that's, what, and that's what people don't like to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then just going back, you said about um, just headshots and head trauma and stuff. And obviously that's, um, you know, a bit of a kind of gray area in the sport. Like, are you... Is that a concern for you kind of long term or you just make sure that you're always protect like how do you kind of counter that what's your thoughts around that just about like headshots yeah it's something we've been you know super aware of in combat sport for a very long time is the head trauma yeah and, and i think all the other sports are, are just addressing it now and kind of finding out about it now you mm. know everyone's kind of everyone's always known that getting hit in the head is not good for you <laughs> yeah. but it's only very recently that it's um it's come into rugby and rugby league and yeah. you know with nfl and nfl yeah. and things like that but yeah. that that's that's recent we've known about this for a very long time and when i was young and dumb and sparring hard like that was 
you know, that's just mm. stupidity and youth, yeah. you know. But once I was more aware of it, um, I made the necessary changes and I moved to city kickboxing and I've yeah. always been super aware of it. Where the sparring is twice a week and it's it's very controlled mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we wear the headgear and yeah. um, it's super controlled so that we're preserving it and if you get a head injury or you're knocked out in a fight, you get stood, stood down for yeah. a very long time. Because you were stood down for nine nine months and you are Yeah, I was uh, seven months. Seven months, so, yeah. So, yeah, I was not, um, I was never knocked out in that yeah. fight, but I definitely had a concussion. Yeah. And I went through all the, all the um, processes in that because there's like strict processes yeah, of course. you follow. Because yeah. a, a concussion is a, a bruise on your brain. Yeah, so it's, it's a um, serious injury, yeah. It's like a bruise. And if I had a bruise on my knee, and every day I kept poking that bruise, mm. it would not going to get better. It would never heal. Yeah. So you have to make sure that 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 bruise is completely healed. Mm. And then it's uh, you know concussion. It becomes very dangerous when it compounds. When you um, have a concussion, and then you get concussed again, this is when very serious things can happen. Mm. So you have to make sure that when you have a concussion and you take a hard knock, that you let that completely heal yeah. and, and completely recover yeah and were you okay with that and then as you said you just itched to get back in uh get back into training despite having a con concussion were you just still training but not doing head head shots like head trauma yeah i was doing uh you know technique and and just staying away from the sparring so yeah. i was back to yeah a week after that fight like i was already back teaching yeah at my gym and then um a month after that, I was back training. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just you just naturally progress it, so yeah. you can do your fitness stuff and um, your technique and yeah. things like that. So yeah. you're still improving as a fighter. Yeah. But just not that side of it. Yeah. And it actually came to the point where I had uh, like concussion specialists, um, and like they would come over to my house. Mate, ACC is gold. Like they <laughs> yeah, yeah. been they were amazing about it. Um, they would send concussion specialists around and it came to the point where like they were like oh so you're ready to fight again and, and back to training and this and that and I said oh my coach won't let me and they were like what yeah. like the concussion specialists were telling me like but you're fine and I was yeah. like yeah but my coach is not <laughs> yeah <laughs> he he wanted more time he wanted another month long, he, wanted, long game. he yeah. wanted another two months just so he would be sure even they were like uh, the doctors. Oh, do you want me to write him a letter saying that you're you're completely <laughs> fine? <laughs> so if, if I thought it would help, I would have given him the letter. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing, though. Um, the fact that he did, you know, as probably frustrating as it was for you, the fact that he cares about you that much, he's going to delay it for two months because he knows yeah. that long term it's going to be the most beneficial. Yeah, frustrating yeah. at that time, but. It's a coach in the sport is, is seeing it all he knows is, uh, yeah. you need to save them from themselves yeah like they they're fighters they yeah. want they want to fight yeah yeah <laughs> exactly man just to kind of switch it up a little bit bro just around kind of rituals and what's your so what does your general day look like you know leading up to you know a big fight like what would you what time would you wake up what would you have for breakfast um you know do you listen to any audio books like what does it kind of look like mm. for you um yeah, well, changes. So the last eight weeks of training camp, we train seven days a week. Yeah. So we're we're just training um, constantly. But then, and that, how many hours a day is that? 
Uh, it changes depending on the day. Like our Sunday is just one session. Yeah. Um, it takes half an hour. Yeah. You're in and out. Yeah. That's called like spider. So your fight is um, three five minute rounds, so 15 minutes. And you just go in and you get what's called shark tanked pretty yeah. much where you have like four or five guys just rotating it on you oh like yeah every I've seen it seconds. on Instagram yeah, yeah and we do pre-exhaustion <laughs> but yeah that's just like 15 minutes and yeah. you can just come in and that's just to simulate your fight at the same time as your fight and you just um, gets the body and the mind mm. used to it like you mm. can take take that day as fight day and you can just run through it and, and what you would do on fight day and, and mentally ready yourself yeah. for, for for that kind of day but um yeah just a normal day probably train yeah. three times a day yeah what do you what do you have for breakfast like uh, during like what's your diet i know before you you said you're sick of that question but i'm, nah, I'm curious yeah. <laughs> um yeah that changes so for the first four weeks i just eat normally yeah i can you know my rule of thumb the first four weeks is just don't take the piss yeah just don't <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone knows what's bad but uh i look pretty good eggs Huge. on toast yeah is what i eat and and my diet doesn't really change um even the last uh four weeks i just uh the quantity just just changes does it drop if you're cutting or yeah the last yeah. four weeks when i get down to weight um just the quantity because uh weight loss is, is just all about a uh, calorie deficit yeah it's nothing um whatever diet you choose it's yeah. just a calorie deficit so i'm yeah. eating the same foods but just in a, a calorie deficit yeah but yeah my go-to is a bacon sandwich or yeah. eggs on toast <laughs> for breakfast yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> um lunch in general i just kind of eat whatever my wife cooks yeah like at a nachos nachos <laughs> for dinner last night yeah. we'll have spaghetti bolognese the night yeah, before yeah. like so i live, live pretty ki good kiwiana. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then um okay and then like between so between that so training and what are you are you kind of like are you visualizing a fight while you're driving or do you listen to music audiobooks like in your own time when you're going from a to b what's what's going on in your in your world and your mind what's on the on the speakers um yeah i like it. i like music music that's yeah. always good for the soul yeah what music are you Can't, listen uh, to mainly hip-hop yeah 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 is that what you're playing before your fights as well hip-hop um, like in the change yep. room and yep yeah. so i got it out back i generally fight week i don't listen to a lot of music yeah i like to stay pretty calm and music always you know that it always changes your yeah. mood and changes yeah. your emotions. might get you nervous <laughs> yeah it, might, it just changes like the tension it does it yeah. changes the tension or it, it <clears throat> changes you know if, if you just have your mind then it's very easy to control your emotions yeah but you know when you, music influences your emotions quite a lot yeah and if I you agree. have like something um fight week or, or the last couple of days between fight and you have your music on like uh on random yeah you know and that yeah. can that has a strong effect to change your so change true, your, man. change your mind yeah you know let's say um you see a lot of fighters you know heading to weigh-ins with their headphones on i like to go no headphones because if you're heading to the weigh-ins and let's say i'm just about to walk out and do something or do an interview yeah and i have a bob marley song on well then we're going to be all right <laughs> like it's going to keep me pretty calm but yeah. let's say a tupac song came on it's going to influence your emotion and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you know it's very hard to, to um 
have uh, the control over that as yeah. well, you know. It influences your emotions too much. Yeah, no, it's very true, eh? Like it can get you, yeah, just hyped up and put you out of character because probably <laughs> during during the weigh-ins, right? Like what's the, what's the, what's the side of you that you like to bring like at that point? Like do you try to intimidate the opponent then or? I just, man, I just, I just soak it up, man. I just enjoy it. Like yeah. that's, that's, um, when it comes down to the fight and you're in the fight, like you're super, uh, just focused on the task at hand and you kind of just block everything out. I can block the crowd out, you know, and I don't see individuals in the crowd. I just kind of treat the crowd as, as the crowd. Yeah. And they're just like one entity yeah. which I can control and, and block out and let in what I feel like letting in. So that's the fight. So when I come to the WAN, I like to look at all the individuals yeah. and, and not treat it as like one big audience. I like to soak everything in and, you know, see, see all your fans. Like that's a moment where you can have a moment of clarity and look around and, and enjoy it and soak yeah. it in before you have to block it all out. For sure. And, and, you know, put the blinders on. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And then um, I was listening to the Stylebender Joe Rogan interview. Um, when was it? A few weeks ago. And he was going, uh, Joe Rogan was basically going on about you for about five minutes. I don't know if you've heard it. Just <laughs> praising you, man. Saying you're just a beast and, uh, yeah, just an incredibly talented fighter, which I thought was, um, yeah, just amazing to hear him go on about someone like that for that long. And uh, he mentioned something that you never, you never celebrate in the octagon when you win. He, he mentioned that. I don't know if it's true or whatever. Or you said you're cold. I can't remember the exact language. But it's just like almost like emotionless. I don't know. Did you hear him say that or talk um, about that or is that true? Uh, I'm I'm generally pretty. I celebrated my last fight. I did. I kind of let that let that out yeah. a bit more. Um, I think that's just a thing over time. You know, well, I've been there before, yeah. and um, like I was saying. My fun is the fight. So when that's that's finished, <laughs> I'm just thinking about another fight. Yeah. So <laughs> depends how the fight played out. Like there was a lot on the line in the last fight and I had um, uh, a lot of people depending on me. So there was like a, there was a lot of excitement after the last mm. one. And so what, I, do you, what do you mean depending on you? Well, no, more just because I had seven months away from the sport. Oh, and of that, course, yeah. And that's the longest amount of time I've, I'd ever had away from um, a fight in my yeah. life. Yeah. From when I started training, my first day at training, till that point, wow. I had never taken seven months without a fight. Wow, yeah. So I was, there was a, I just realized how much I missed it, yeah. you know, leading into that, yeah. and how much I missed the crowd, and miss getting in there and fighting, yeah. and, and missed that moment, the whole yeah. thing, the whole thing. So that's when a bit more motion came in. But yeah, I have been known to kind of brush it off and yeah. <laughs> stay pretty calm. Yeah. And yeah, it just comes down to my ability to control. I used to get wild, man. Oh, I really? To, <laughs> I used to, after my fight, because no one would ever watch it. Yeah. There was never anyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like Facebook and that wasn't even around. So you wouldn't even get a video on Facebook yeah. after all. I have a lot of fights where my first fight, I didn't even see it. I didn't even see that video till like a year ago or two years ago. Really? Wow. I'd yeah. never seen it. You, you could order a, a 
DVD off the guy <laughs> and it was like 60 bucks. I didn't want to pay the Damn. 60 bucks. Like <laughs> 60 I was bucks. Like, I don't want to pay the, for the DVD. So yeah. I just never saw my fight. And I yeah. just had a, a memory of it. There, was a, there wasn't even a picture. Of yeah. it. I didn't even have a picture. Of Damn. It. So yeah. I used to do some dumb stuff after fights. Well, yeah. I would, if there was blood, I would lick the blood. <laughs> Lick it off my face yeah. and then cut my throat until you know. Then the videos started coming out. And <laughs> Did then, I calm then, down? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Then they would get posted on Facebook, and yeah. then people would see them. And then <laughs> I had my sister telling me I was an idiot. <laughs> my old lady said, "Can you cut it with the blood licking thing? Like it's a bit far." And then yeah. I was like, "All right, all right, all right." So now I just went and stand there. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. And in that in that seven months, so you had you had a daughter. And then you open your business. So those are pretty, those are two big shifts in your life. How yeah, do you I feel? Had the, the gym was open by then. Okay. Um, the gym opened, I think. So I was building it during the Jim Miller fight yeah. camp. And then it opened, I think, a week after the Jim Miller fight. Yeah. So it opened like pretty, pretty wow. soon after the Jim Miller fight. So yeah, I had the gym for Jim Miller, Gilbert Burns. So that was, that was, um, yeah, that wasn't taking a lot of time or too yeah. big of an impact. Yeah, the daughter was a big... Yeah, was a how, big did, how did that change your life or just the trajectory of your um, career? Just the motivation. Like it was More funny. motivation? It was funny. I was getting asked the questions because she was only born like three weeks before the fight week. Well, so then I was getting like interviewed and they're asking me, oh, has your daughter changed your perspective? But it's three weeks, man. Like yeah, it hasn't yeah. even sunk in. And I was saying, nah, like not really, not really. Yeah. But then... When I come for the last fight for the James Wick one and I'm getting asked the same question, I'm like, oh, does your daughter change your perspective? Massively, yeah. like an unreal difference yeah. in comparison because I have time to, for it to sink in and Absolutely. now I have it there. And yeah. She's becoming her own little human now. Definitely, it's, man. Um, yeah, massive difference. <laughs> Huge amount of uh, shift and motivation where yeah. it goes from just doing it for yourself, you know, to, to you have to succeed. Yeah, man. You have to succeed. Absolutely. It's not... It's not a question anymore. Yeah, and you got to become the best version of yourself as well, because whatever, whatever, whatever man you are, it's going to brush off and reflect yeah, onto her. Yeah. So you want to bring your A game every day, even though it's hard as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, for for your personal brand, I've noticed just because I'm passionate about branding and that's what we do. I've just noticed fighters now, because obviously you got the you know the nicknames and stuff that were given to you. But what, like, how important do you think it is um, to become and work on your personal brand as an athlete or as a fighter? Like, you got people like say like Israel, how he is he, how he's a super colorful personality and he's just real out there. And you got the McGregor's and all, you know, you got the Tyson Furies and these guys. Like, how important do you think that is? And do you think that kind of impacts your career in any way, in a positive way? Yeah, you have to, you know, construct the brand. That that all comes down to your longevity, yeah. Like your brand and and building your brand and building your name, um, is for, you know, after your career, and that's that's your longevity. You know, people always complain about you know, oh, UFC fighters don't earn, UFC doesn't pay them enough. You know, they're mm. they're underpaid. They're this and that. Being a UFC fighter, you know, early on in the career when you're only fighting for ten grand to fight, ten grand to win, like twenty grand after tax and things like that doesn't get you that mm, far mm. the ufc is not you know giving you a lavish lifestyle and to make a lot of money but just being branded a ufc fighter um 
that allows you to make money in like other avenues mm, of course you know yeah so building your brand how you want to build it then aligning yourself with other brands like um then you can work bring your sponsors in mm. who who you know if you're you're brand aligns with their brand yep. you can bring sponsors in yeah that's why israel can't get any sponsors <laughs> <laughs> just yeah yeah that's funny yes and then so the the fight coming up in melbourne and it's so um izzy and robert whitaker mm. what's your thoughts on that yeah oh well, man that's gonna be a wild fight it's gonna be a crazy fight that's um it's kind of the perfect storm yeah um i don't think they even intended to have this super card in Melbourne, yeah. you know that wasn't on the that wasn't on the line until this all came together. It's just a perfect storm. Yeah, um, two very opposite personality types. You yeah, know, very opposite. Rob, yeah. You couldn't get further away from each other, yeah. that's, and that's why it's such a um, an interesting contest. And because yeah. there's a bit of something for everyone in yeah. this one. I bet. Who are you picking? Oh, my teammate, man, yeah. my teammate, yeah. Israel, you know, that's my guy, yeah. uh, that's the guy I sweat, train yeah. with, bleed with, yeah, um, yeah. back and in Israel. What do you think, um, and we'll, we're nearly finished as well, bro, um, but what's you, what, what's the, obviously, uh, city kickboxing has, there's a lot of talent, talent that's come out of there, yeah. obviously it's been there for a lot of long time but just on a more commercial level in recent years a lot of talents come out of there what do you think is that's attributed to uh that's just the coaches that's that's the coaches and their way um that they develop all their fighters and it's a very open space where there's a lot of coaches there i think a unsuccessful gym um just has the one coach and then everyone has to do it his mm -hmm. way. Everyone has to copy their way. And uh, I think that's where there's, um, you're putting a cap on people's growth. You know, mm. it's like with my gym, if someone wants to go and train somewhere else, that's yeah. cool and fine with me. If they want to learn from this guy and go here for a training and go here for a training, I'm perfectly happy with that because it's just a accumulation of knowledge mm. at the end of the day. And what Eugene and Doug have been able to do at City Kickboxing is have a lot of very smart coaches just there. And you know, they're working with this coach, but they can also move around. So there's probably, you know, five or six very good coaches there mm. that everyone can pick the brains of and mm. get a bit of knowledge from, you yeah. know, instead of just having one guy and we got to do it his way and, yeah. and trying to create carbon copies. It's mm. just the open environment and what Eugene's told to me is the key to his success is surrounding himself by people that are smarter than him mm, he's so just true. like everyone thinks he's the smart guy yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but he's just like I I need to work on my jujitsu so he gets you know the best the smartest jujitsu guy he can yeah. find and pulls him in yeah oh man we're our uh, conditioning's not that great. Get the smartest conditioning guy. Like, huh, wow. bring him in. So he's he said, you know, his key to success is just surround yourself by people that are, yeah. that are more knowledgeable than you and smarter than you at everything. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, what's the saying? You become an average of the five people you spend most of your time yeah, with. So yeah. there's people at another level. You're going to naturally rise, rise up. Um, and just for for your opponents and stuff. So you. Know, um, 
like do you how do you what's your strategy around picking an opponent opponent and then do you usually do it through like you obviously do it publicly do you do it for instagram like how do you kind of do it why do you do it do you do it for is it going to be personally challenging for you is it going to be entertaining for the fans do you think it's going to be an interesting fight like how, what's your strategy behind picking an opponent or accepting if someone picks you um yeah so i've always dealt um directly with the UFC myself mm -hmm. like I just if I want to fight I just message the UFC matchmaker and then you know uh, the UFC is very good and that they'll give um, they just want whatever the fans want to see they'll, yeah. they'll make that fight yeah so I learned a very long time ago that if you can get the fans behind something and if you can get if I ask for it you know that's that's one voice yeah you know, if I put it out there on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. Now I have a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand people <laughs> asking for it. Yeah. And and that puts a lot of pressure on the UFC to make it mm. happen. So mm. yeah, if I want something, I'll ask for it. But then I'll also go out and, and get the public support <laughs> and get them to push it behind it. And yeah. that really um, gets it done quickly and gets it across the line. Yeah. Interesting, man. It's like you've got like your fan base is just there backing you, and almost yeah. like helping to pave your career to an extent. Yeah, you know, they're, they're massive help. Like that's how I got in the UFC. Was like uh, I put it out there. I was like, uh, the UFC was coming to Auckland, and it was the first show in New Zealand. Yeah, and I just said, I'm the best guy from New Zealand, fighting MMA. Yeah, you can't come to my hometown yeah. my home country and not put me on the card yeah. this is impossible <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh yeah got a hangman for ufc and i had just so many people uh like an overwhelming amount of support and yeah. an overwhelming amount of people got behind me that the ufc heard about me yeah and they heard so then when i finally just got the matchmaker's email i just emailed him i said <laughs> hey i'm yeah. dan hooker uh, <laughs> what do I need to do to get on the UFC? Yeah. And it was like, uh, I got a three, can you make 145? Because I was fighting lightweight at the time mm -hmm. and that's featherweight. <clears throat> so can you make featherweight? Just a three world email back. Yeah. And I just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing a contract came through. So yeah, yeah I, I got yeah. A, a three word email from the matchmaker, the first my first fight in the UFC, and how I got my contract. <laughs> That's a cool story, man. And is that as as an organization of a like obviously um, pretty amazing to work for? Like are they pretty good company to work for? Yeah, like I have work I have with, no complaints I about the UFC, and that's because um, I've always done it myself, and I've always kind of controlled it myself. If I ever if I have ever had a problem, then I can. I can address that. Yeah. And so I feel like I have like a lot of control over my career. Mm -hmm. You know, you're less of a, you know, as a professional fighter and a prize fighter, you're not, uh, you know, this is just the company you're working for yeah. at the time and you're more of a, a contractor, you know, and I consider myself a contractor and I'm contracted mm -hmm. to the UFC at the moment. Yeah. But over that, overriding that is you're a, you're a professional fighter you're a prize fighter yeah and this, you're going to fight wherever the the prize is the highest mm. so you're making good business decisions and so i've always just wanted 
the control of my career. Mm. And yeah, I'm very happy being contracted to the yeah. UFC. Yeah, oh, nice man. And and for your career, how long? How long do you reckon you'll stay being a professional fighter for? Or as how long, long will your as wife my, allow it? As long <laughs> as my health will yeah. let me. And I've said that for a very long time. It's as long as my health, yeah. you know, and, and whatever that comes down to, yeah. you know, if something came up, if it was a year, five years, 10 years, I will go as long as my body will let me go. Yeah. But when the day comes that uh, it's either your health or this, I'm going off my health. Health, absolutely. 100% of the time. Because you've got people now fighting in their 40s and you know, you got people who are playing professional rugby to mid-30s and it's pretty amazing to see, pe see yeah. of that age to go. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny sport in that there's so much uh, technique and so much knowledge that you need to acquire that you can continue fighting on because um, there's champions at 40 years of age. Mm. You know, Mark Hunt was 42 yeah. fighting in the UFC. Daniel Cormier at 41. Yeah, yeah. You know, people are fighting far longer because, uh, let's say, a, a rugby player at 30, there's only so much knowledge of the game you can mm. acquire. Yeah. But a 40-year-old MMA fighter has 10 more years of knowledge. He may have lost a bit of his physicality mm -hmm. and a bit of his physical attributes to, to a, let's say, a 25-year-old, but he has 15 more years of knowledge mm. on that guy. So it balances out the physical attributes Absolutely. with the technique and the knowledge yeah. of the sport. So it's why um, you know, it has a much longer, combat sport has a much longer lifespan, or MMA has a much longer lifespan mm. of a fighter than a lot of other professional sports. Mm. Yeah, which is kind of almost seems counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Yeah, you think <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing, man. And then just to kind of wrap it up, man, um, what, what advice would you give to somebody that, you know, they know, they know deep down in their soul or in their gut that they've got a calling to go down a certain path, but for some reason they're just not taking the leap. Um, they just, I don't know, if they just don't have the courage or whatnot. Like, what advice would you give to that person? Yeah, I've always been um, just, I never wanted any regrets in, in my life. You know, I'm sitting, you know, that's why I always, that's why I jumped on it at such a young age because I didn't want to be, you know, sitting there as an old man on my porch. I can see it now. I'm sitting there on my porch. I'm smoking my cigar and, and <laughs> drinking my whiskey. I didn't want to sit there with, with any regrets. Yeah. I didn't want to be an old man and, yeah. and talk about the things I could have done. Yeah. I wanted to be 100% confident. And to this point in my career, like I have, I have no regrets. Mm. I have no regrets with the path that I've chosen or any of the decisions that I've made yeah. to get me here. Yeah. And it's always been about that, just having, having no regrets of your life and, yeah. and just jumping on every opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And for the dude that's just like still, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, he's still not jumping on it. What, do you, what would you say to him? Yeah, it's funny. You would, you would need something. Maybe he needs something to happen. Like yeah. he needs Maybe like he needs to have a child or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Maybe have some kids. Yeah, man. have some kids, <laughs> That's man. Our <pretty> <laughs> oh, life's not going great. Just have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now nah, that's awesome, bro. Any any closing words? We've nah, said a lot. Really, no, nah, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. Nah. A lot of people don't ask about the mindset of it and, and a lot of it behind the scenes. Like it's funny yeah. in my ten years of being interviewed, I've not been asked the questions uh, like that in, in, in such depth. Yeah, so that's awesome, man. Honestly, bro, like, 
speaking to you now, I, I saw a side of you just through media and obviously watching you on TV, but I'm impressed and I'm massively inspired, bro, just for where you compose yourself in super stressful situations. Um, you've got a career that from an outsider just looks, it just looks ferocious, man. It's just like yeah. relentless, it's challenging, just all, just everything you kind of go through, but yet you're so composed and the way you kind well, of manage your mindset. Peaceful. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> peaceful but that's, to me is yeah. like wild to other people. It's just yeah. funny. Well, it's just, as I said earlier, man, like just a lot of your answers I just didn't expect. Mm. I just expected something completely different. But, bro, I appreciate your vulnerability, your honesty. Um, I know everyone's going to get a lot out of it. I personally yeah. did. So thanks so much, bro. But do you want to um, just tell people details of your fight? Your, how to, your social media handles, all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, oh, now I've got to remember them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just Dan Hangman yeah, on Instagram. Pe people will find it, yeah. Yeah, they'll track me down. Yeah. Uh, so my next fight is uh, October 6th in Melbourne. Hopefully 60,000 people will be yeah, there. Yeah, bro. But yeah, yeah that'll just hopefully, be hopefully after on Sky, man. <laughs> yeah. Catch it, watch it. Yeah. Fighting the number six in the world. So it's yeah. a pretty, pretty great opportunity. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. I just can't wait. Yeah, so if you if you win this, obviously rankings are a little bit, yeah. Sometimes they can be a little bit murky, but granted, you win. Would you would that boost up your ranking to top ten? Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely, I'll probably yeah, I'll probably jump him. Yeah. And and move into number six or number yeah. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's amazing. It's going to be cool watching you now, just after kind of meeting you in person. So, bro, I appreciate everything, man. No um, worries. Thank yeah, you. That was awesome. Cool. Easy as bro, yeah. that was mean. Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and found any type of value, please subscribe to our podcast, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review on iTunes to be in the draw to win a $200 I Love Ugly gift voucher. We will be drawing a winner weekly. Good luck and see you on the next episode.